Well, welcome to our La Mesa Church podcast. Uh, Pastor Kev, last week uh, we had our pilot episode. And uh, today, I guess this would technically be our episode number one, uh, where we're coming around the table with some great food and great conversations today. We're excited to be back with you again. We want to let you know um, that uh, we would love your feedback to let us know uh, what you think and how we're doing and how we can continue to improve to bring the best content to you. Uh, But we're having a fun time. We're excited about this. And today, uh, we've got some excellent food in fact i think this might be kev our this favorite our this, yeah. this might be our spot where we just love to go here in la mesa kev you want to tell them a little bit about it yeah so we are having thai food today from bamboo fresh thai cuisine by the way like i always say this is not sponsored we just like to go to these places um and honestly it's crazy because whenever i'd, I'd ever talk to vanessa about thai places right she would always tell me like oh her thai place was the best and I think at this point, this has become her new favorite Thai place. Like this is this is the spot. Like so so to all the listeners out there, like this place is legit. If you want some good Thai food, whether you're a meat eater or not, this is a great spot to go to. It's here in La Mesa, so that's right. We're close by. That's right. And I'd like to take credit on uh, sharing with Kevin the, this place yeah. because uh, I think at one time we went to the spot that you that you talked about, <laughs> and I was like, man, I don't know about that, bro. Like we this this Thai food is to me in my opinion the best thai food in san diego now that's 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 saying a lot because i like to eat because i've had some great thai spots uh i've been to some great thai places um but uh this this is the place so get on over to bamboo thai if you're a vegan you're gonna love this place Uh, if you're a meat eater you will love this place but today uh we are going to spend some time eating some good thai food and having some great meaningful conversations today and with that said Kev uh, today on episode one um, I want to spend some time talking to our listeners about a conversation that happened um, this past weekend Mm. uh, as we kicked off our new sermon series here at our church La Mesa Alam Adventist uh, and someone came up to me uh, a bit distraught about um, some of these high profile pastors and uh, people in positions of spiritual leadership and uh, shared with me their concern and sorrow um, for their immoral fall, for their Mm. moral failure. Um, And uh, this person came uh, this uh, last weekend and uh, talked to me about Ravi Zacharias, who is a famous Christian apologist. And in 2020, last year, August, allegations of sexual misconduct were made against Ravi Zacharias. And uh, the organization that he belongs to, RZIM, uh, Ravi Zacharias International Ministries, issued an update in December saying that unfortunately, uh, Ravi had died several months before they first learned of the allegations. Uh, So they were unable to explore with him directly, but they engaged an outside firm uh, to investigate the allegations and while also giving them wide latitude to go wherever their investigation uh, might lead them. However, 
while this investigation remains ongoing and isn't expected to be completed until January or February, they received a brief interim update on the investigation um, that they felt they needed to share publicly. And sadly, the interim investigation update indicated the assessment of Ravi's behavior to be true. That he did indeed engage in sexual misconduct. And Kev, this, this isn't the first time for people in high profile ministry positions to be accused of sexual misconduct. A few months back, uh, one of the uh, probably most, one of the high profile pastors uh, in the Christian church, um, Carl Lentz, was also accused and found to be in a sexual marital affair. Uh, if you don't know who Carl Lentz is, uh, some have said he is the pastor to these Justin Bieber. Justin Bieber and some of these people in Hollywood, Selena Gomez, I think some of the Kardashians have been to his church. And so um, this is not an uncommon scene as difficult as it is. And so I appreciated the conversation that I had uh, with this church member who came up after church to, to share their sorrow and their, um, their frustration. And um, what, what do we say to those in the church who are discouraged and disappointed by such difficult news? How would you respond to someone in the church, whether that's a young person who's, who's committed to this Jesus thing and then sees something like this, and of course, that just kind of turns their world upside down because that is probably one of the biggest arguments that people have against the Christian faith is y'all are fake. Now, with that being said, I wanna, I wanna be clear today that most pastors aren't fake, mm. right? I mean, I think, I think we need to be clear about that. Uh, the struggle is real. Absolutely. It's hard to lead anything and that God uses broken people. Now, that being said, Kev, what do we say? What do you say to someone who is disappointed by people in positions of spiritual leadership and authority who is, is discovered have fallen into moral failure, immoral failure. Well, I think the the the, the thing to understand is this. Well, I'll, I'll 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 say this to preface. Gandhi was the one that says, "I, I love your Christ, but I hate your Christians." Mm-hmm. And so I think there's there's always been this stigma, right, when it comes to church people that church people are always held to a higher standard. And it's even more so when you have a position of leadership in the church, right? Mm-hmm. Whether you're a pastor, whether you're an elder, a deacon, et cetera, right? If you are a worship leader. And th- I think the reality is if people want to, you know, point out all the imperfections or call, if they're trying to find a perfect church, they're not going to find one. Mm-hmm. Because l- like you said, right, God uses imperfect people in the midst of it to, to expand his kingdom. Mm-hmm. It's, it's written throughout all of scripture, right? all of the people in the Bible, you see, even in Hebrews 11, where it talks about like all these great people, they messed up a lot, right? It, it, you know, Abraham laughed at God, right? Paul was a persecutor of Christians. Moses was a murderer. Like it, it's nothing new that God uses imperfect people. With that being said, right? Um, I think I think we talked about this a, a couple weeks ago, maybe a couple months ago, where I brought up to you, it, it's part of me believes that it's it's the price of fame, Right. 
when when people seek out to 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 just you know their I guess their their level of fame right when they want to be known and you're being held in the spotlight it's so easy to 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 get caught up in it and even more so I think if if you're a Christian right you you end up you end up stumbling and I feel like it's always very subtle right it doesn't happen um, in, in those big moments, it's always like how Jesus says, it starts with a thought mm. and it starts with the, the little things. And once you start compromising on the little things, you begin to compromise in the big things. Mm. And so it's not like, you know, these pastors or even church leaders or people in general, people in, in positions of authority. It's not, it's not like they made one big mistake and that was it. It's like, no, it, it took time, mm. you know, and and with with that being said, we also I feel like I also want to encourage our members to to not be quick to judge, mm. because it, again we're we're all imperfect, and it's not to say that we shouldn't to a to a certain extent right hold people accountable for for the decisions that they make, but we also we also got to be a little more merciful and have a little more grace because and there are people not in positions of authority that just do a better job at hiding it that mm. you know still do it so instead of being first to cast the fir- you know instead of trying to cast the first stone is just trying to take a step back and realize like you know what there are people who are imperfect in the church the church is filled with them um and we shouldn't hold people to that high of a standard right not to say that we shouldn't hold people accountable but just to understand like you know what people are going to mess up yeah Wow, man, that's a sobering thought um, because it's true. Uh, we do see this happening, and I think there is sometimes uh, a, a a level of expectation that we have of leaders. Um, and I don't think it's wrong, though, Kev. Like I feel like I I when I look at some of these people, when I found out about Ravi, I mean that really. It was it was eye opening. It was surprising. It was crushing, because here you see someone who's preaching the gospel, and yet has fallen into temptation or has fallen into that struggle. So it doesn't take away from the impact that the gospel message has. That's the power of the gospel. That yeah. even through our weaknesses, God can bring about something good. Definitely. However it still cast a shadow over that person and their ministry and their impact perhaps for the rest of their life. Now, this man is no longer with us, right? He's passed away. But the impact of this experience, this revelation is so crushing. And to me, it leads us to, I think, this great segue for us to really talk about the impact of the soul and the care for the soul. Carrie Newhoff uh, gives some thoughtful insights uh, on, on, on failure and why this, these pastors fail and, and the sobering uh, thought of, of what goes into these things that we see and that we hear. And what he says, above all the things that he said, is that somewhere along the way, um, they lost their soul. Yeah. Somewhere along the way, um, 
they they compromised. They 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 started looking a little perhaps uh, at porn, and and they did it once, and kind of like mm-hmm. what you were saying, and and then it went from once to twice, and and then it went from once to twice to okay, maybe a little more, and soon it becomes uh, a habit. Maybe you flirted with her once, uh, but then again. And then you were emotionally entangled and, and you started justifying your impulsiveness. And if they only knew the pressure of what it is to be a pastor, if they only knew the pressure of what it is to be uh, in my home, um, and you start to make excuses to, to end up justifying yourself the next day and the next day and the next day. Maybe you swore a little bit uh, because you think cussing uh, was okay and it doesn't mean you're not a Christian but Hmm. now your internal dialogue is so foul that everything you say is dirty and bad maybe it was just that one drink that led to another and to another and then Fridays came and the weekend came and you were just going from one drink to now you are getting drunk maybe you blew your stack at the meeting the other day Um, man you were like they were being dumb you're the leader I can get away with it and before you know it a thousand little compromises Hmm. have left you compromise you've gotten so ugly you don't even recognize yourself in the mirror the challenge is several fold but I think what we're learning from these falls that any of us are subject to what we're learning is that care for the soul is so important Kev yeah man that's true you're, you're starting to preach to, to our listeners now man so much for the podcast this is the second sermon <laughs> yeah, sorry about that man but maybe it's that Thai food because the Thai food I asked for number three and I think they did it like a number seven so I'm struggling a little bit my nose is running got a little fire I already got a little fire in my soul anyways but you had some Thai food to that man it I, just, t- I told you man I gotta I, we had to go with the one that's, you, you gotta you eat did. comfortable you were smart man you were smart <laughs> but care for the soul care for the soul and uh, this, I, this idea of, of how important it is to care for the soul. And I, I feel like it's something that people tend to ignore at times too and especially when it comes to like our spirituality, right? And especially I would say when it comes to like our mental health. I think it's something that that so easily uh, we brush it off, right? If we like, we try to pray things away, we try to say, oh, you know what? Like the reason why you're depressed is because you don't have a strong relationship with God. And I feel like that's not always the case. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And and I think that's, that is the, the kind of setback that we have is because, you know, you're not reading your Bible enough or you're not praying enough that maybe you're not, you're not, see, I'm struggling with him, man. You're not Christian. <laughs> Or you don't have that that high that great relationship with God, but you can do all those things, and still yeah find yourself in these compromising positions, which is why it is so important for us to focus on emotional healthy discipleship, emotional healthy discipleship, and I feel like the thing that perhaps can be the saving grace in all of this is the intentional act of caring for your soul. Yeah, This season, we're going to spend some time um, going deeper in our walk with God, uh, especially as it pertains to our emotional health and spiritual health. 
Here at our church, we're going to embark on a journey um, of going through a discipleship course from a book called Emotional Healthy Spirituality by Peter Scazzaro. And uh, I want to break this down a little bit because I want our listeners to um, to hear about it. Mm-hmm. Perhaps uh, to they, they would be interested in it and ways that they can participate yeah. in this. Um, and I, I think this is going to be one of the most important things, I believe, that any of us can do to start this new year off than to focus on our emotional, spiritual health. We're talking about caring for the soul. So Kev, what is emotional healthy spirituality? What do we talk about emotional healthy spirituality? What I want you to do for our listeners is I want you to tell us maybe about the traditional approach that we use to um, to grow and and maybe kind of the ways that we've seen it happen maybe in your life. What is what is more of that traditional approach to spiritual growth? Well, so so the, the the thing that I find interesting is we kind of, the traditional approach is very a, a cookie cutter kind of thing. It's like we try to make that fit for everyone's mold. And that may not be the case, right? So the, the traditional mold is you meet Jesus, mm-hmm. you start going to church, right? So you get connected to the church, you start serving, you start giving, right? And then you go and make a difference in the world around you. That's right. right? So, but I feel like it, it limits or really dampens, right, what what God is actually trying to do in our own lives. I feel like when we try to turn anything into a, a very cookie cutter thing, right? Not to say that traditions are bad. There's, traditions aren't bad. It's just when you get set in your ways because you start limiting really like what God is trying to do in your life just based on practice, right? So we try to limit just doing like, oh, if you, if you do this and this, you're fine, right? right? And it's not always the case, right? Because God works differently on a person-to-person basis. Not to say that we cannot use tools, right? There are definitely tools that we can use to help us along the way. And I think that's what you're going to kind of, you know, get into right now, right? That's right. Yeah, definitely. And and this is all based from that book that I shared, uh, Emotional Healthy Spirituality. And the premise of this book is an invitation to a more transformative approach to spiritual growth, Mm. which is not only to meet Jesus to attend church, but it's to get below the surface and address our emotional, spiritual health, Mm. and then we go and impact the world. Gotcha. So in between, we're spending time focusing on the emotional and spiritual health of what lies beneath the surface. And I think maybe one of the best illustrations, again, from this book that I've gotten about this idea of spiritual growth and health comes from this iceberg model. Hmm. And uh, you know the iceberg. Uh, we, see, we see an iceberg, if you've ever had a chance to see one, I never have. Uh, but the imagery is that uh, the tip of the iceberg is always above surface, which yeah. is about maybe 10% of what we see. And below the surface is all the 90% which is the foundation, which is what props the iceberg up, right? Uh, And it's made up of deep layers that exist below the surface. And this is what we're going to address in this series, in this season, uh, with this discipleship course. We're going to address the changes in our lives that actually are below the surface, Mm. right? 
it's easy to clean up our lives by addressing the behavioral issues yeah. that are above the surface. Um, but what happens is the roots of who we are continue to be unchanged and unmoved. And so the problem is that a large portion um, of our growth remains untouched by mm. Jesus because we've not touched below the surface. We've just touched above the wow. surface, Kev. We've just focused on the behavioral things. And I can't, like, growing up in the church, that's what it always was for me. I don't know about you, but it was always oh, like, if you just do the right things and you just change your behavior and you just do your lesson and you go to church and you give your money and you serve, like, and you just check the box, you're good. And, and if you just focus on your behavior, but how many people have tried to focus on their behavior uh, to the point where they just get broken because mm. they keep doing the same things. Yeah, well, I, I, I would say the, the greatest piece of advice that I heard when it came to that is, is, is so many people get caught up in what they should stop doing, mm. right? They, and, I'll, and I'll give you an example. An addict, right, will, will constantly say, I need to stop doing this. I need to stop doing this. And in fact, I'll give you a short little story about my best friend. Mm -hmm. um, and he, he had some difficulties, you know, experimenting with some stuff. And, you know, we would have conversations. He would tell me like, man, I want to stop. I want to stop. I want to stop. I just don't know how. And as much as I try, it just doesn't happen. Yeah. And the, the thing that he heard was a friend of ours told him, well, if you keep looking at a tree, imagine you're on a road and you're not even focusing on the road and you're so caught up in the tree odds are because you're so focused on the tree and not hitting the tree, you're going to hit the tree, mm. <laughs> right? But instead of focusing on the tree, instead of if you're focusing on the road ahead of you, the tree's not even in your field of view. You're just focused on the road, mm. right? And then you're fine. You completely miss a tree. So it's not so much, excuse me, about the stuff that we should stop doing. It's about what we, we need to intentionally start doing mm. every single day in our life that will really make the difference and really deepen our faith when it comes to our relationship with God. Yeah, that's right. And, and the thing that, that is going to make the biggest difference, which none of this is possible if we're not spending time to be with God. Exactly. If we're not spending time to be with God, because making time to be with God moves me closer to my purpose, yeah. to God's power, to God's provision over my life. And so the basis of everything that we're talking about is contingent on us being with God. Yeah. And I think that's probably one of the biggest struggles that many people have is how do I spend time with God? How do I be with God? How can I just sit in God's presence? Mm. How do I learn how to be silent and to slow down to just be with God? And that's exactly what we're gonna be learning. That's what we're gonna be talking about is this idea of actually being with God, which is what it means to be intentional in your devotional life. Yeah. It's really just another way of saying being with God. I'm going to be with God. And so this breakdown is all about emotional, healthy spirituality. So there's two components here, Kev. There's emotional health and there's this contemplative spirituality, mm. which we've got to merge together. I want to talk about that. I want to focus on the emotional health. I'm going to have you talk a little bit about our this spirituality and contemplative spirituality. But when we talk about emotional health, and growing emotionally. Uh, we're talking about things that are concerned with naming and recognizing and managing our own feelings, identifying with and having active compassion for others, mm. breaking free from self-destructive patterns, being aware of how our past impacts our presence. You'd be surprised about your family tree and pedigree and how that impacts you today. 
uh, developing the capacity to express our thoughts and feelings better. This is where you got to get internally deep and ask yourself the question that many people don't like because they struggle with uh, sharing their feelings. Mm. But how do you feel? Yeah. Why do you feel this way? Absolutely. I've had to ask myself that question when I'm home and I'm with my kids, I've used this a lot, but why am I getting anxious? Why am I getting stressed? Why am I getting impatient? Like I've got to start asking those questions. Uh, this emotional health is about respecting Kevin, loving others without having to change them, just loving them for who they are, learning the capacity to resolve conflict mm. maturely which is a struggle that people have. Even yeah. in the churches today, folks don't know how to resolve conflict, which is why we have some churches that are broken because people don't know how to handle conflict. Uh, about grieving well, this has been a season of loss. How do we grieve well during these times of, of struggle? And ultimately, it's about loving well, right? God, ourselves, and others. So when we talk about emotional health, we're talking about all these things. And that's one component, but we also want to talk about our spiritual health and that contemplative spirituality that we need in our lives yeah. today. And, and what I, I do want to say just quickly on, on what you just talked about, we can't, we can't just sweep things under the rug, right? It, it's important that if if we are grieving, if if we are feeling anxious, um, if we are struggling in some sense, the worst thing you can do is hide it. Mm. Because really, right, when, when you hide things, it, it turns into this huge snowball effect. Because once you start hiding it to yourself, you start hiding it to other people, mm. right? And slowly the snowball of lies begins to grow and grow and grow. And then you find yourself deep in whatever it is that you find yourself in. Yeah. And so the, the Which big- Which is what we've been talking about. That's yeah. how we started off. Exactly. Yeah. And, 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 and I feel like this, this applies to so many different things, not That's just right. spirituality, That's right? right. Yeah. But I think it anchors the most, right? Because within our context, right, we are Christians, we believe in God, and we allow God to, to shape our life. Mm. The worst thing we can do is try to hide things from God. That's right. Because you can't. You can't. Right? And as much as we try, it somehow always comes out. And so I think when it comes to these things, we need to be very intentional with how we address them, right? So the first thing that I would say before we get into the contemplative part, I would say is we got to acknowledge, right, that, that it, we, we're messed up and we need something greater. Like there's something someone said is it, when it, it, it doesn't exactly, it goes like this. Let me, just, let me just say this. It says, if your dream is, um, is big enough, that or if your dream is a dream that you can accomplish on your own you're dreaming too small mm. right in other words if we are really going to to accomplish big dreams right we're not going to be able to do it on our own that's right because the only one who can actually help us accomplish those dreams is god amen amen and so in the case of our struggles right the only way that we're really going to be able to address those problems isn't by hiding isn't by lying isn't by sweeping it under the rug it's by addressing it and acknowledging it's like we can't do it on our own yeah. right and so what the, and that ties in perfectly into the contemplative spirituality is like we need a we're so focused on on going 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 right in today's culture we're always rushing through things most of the time we don't stop and let our feel Amen. right and when it comes to our relationship with God many times right where we come on like I find myself in this like all the time where I'm trying to like rush through my devotionals I'm trying to rush through my time yeah. with God yeah. I'm like oh you know what I don't have time but it, it's like, and like it's like you said it's not so much that we don't have time we're just not making the time yeah. to do it that's right we that's one thing that we we've been saying is we've got to stop saying I don't have time and start thinking 
well, I'm not making time yeah. because that's exactly what we're saying. We all have the same amount of time Absolutely. a day. And that's why it's so important for us to evaluate where are we spending our time? Our time. And what are we spending our time on? And this idea of contemplative spirituality is so critical. It's actually something that's been practiced for ages and centuries, especially with our early church fathers. It's this idea of, of being concerned with slowing down, down yeah. to be with God, uh, to focus uh, on our time in, in solitude uh, with God. And uh, this leads to some practices yeah. uh, like what, Kev? So, so the first thing, right, is actually slowing down. Mm-hmm. All right, you gotta, you gotta slow down shift your attention from from the craziness of life and actually being able to shift your focus onto God, right? And then positioning ourselves really, once you've slowed down, is position yourself to being open to hearing, mm. right? Allowing God to actually speak to you. So one of the things that, that we can do is actually practice silence, mm. right? I, I, Which I, is so difficult. It's so difficult. Yeah. I tried it. <laughs> I legit tried it once and I felt uncomfortable. Yeah. Right. It will be uncomfortable at first. We always have something in the background. We always have, you know, either it's the kids. Yep. It's your friends. It's music. Yeah. It's the TV, right? Put yourself Dude, in Dude, I go it. to sleep with yeah. noise. I need the fan on. I, I have that white noise. But the invitation to be silent is one thing I can tell you is missing from our spiritual Absolutely. Walk. Oh, it's a game changer, man. Yeah, and, and, and so I think once I moved, it took me a while to get used to it. Yeah. But I think once I just like started, like just, I just sat there and I basked in God's presence mm-hmm. and just allowed him to, to speak in the midst of the silence. Right. You know, because sometimes like r- the same way Elijah had a difficult time like, like anchoring himself in God is because he was so busy on all the noise and, and, you know, an earthquake passes by, right. you know, uh, the wind and all this. And, and God's not in all that. God was in just a small little whisper. That's, that's it. And then we can't, oh, we can't hear the whisper. A whisper, you actually have to be near in order to hear it. Yeah. So that's when you draw near to God because he's already drawn near yeah. to you. So I you, think one of the things, though, that, that, I, uh, that people are challenged with is, or, or maybe they've been misinformed, that sometimes this idea of being with God means that we have to do the talking or we need no. to be the ones that we've got to actively read our Bible, which is important. It's we important, get to listen definitely. to music. That's great. Or uh, maybe there's a book that we read. That's fa- that's phenomenal. But the idea of this contemplative spirituality to slow down, to be with God is exactly that. Yeah, It's just to be with God. God and be mindful of being in the presence of God. What are some other things? So, so the other thing is also just developing balance, right? So mm-hmm. part of the part of the, you, you, you get, so it's like any, any, any basketball player mm-hmm. when they're shooting, right? Um, they, a lot of people say like they're in their bag, right? And the reason why is because they, they have, they've practiced so much, they've developed a rhythm. So when they're in a situation that, that they're faced with while someone else is guarding them, as long as they're in their rhythm and they know exactly what to do, they shoot, they're going to score, right? Mm-hmm. So you need to be able to develop that rhythm. And the only way you develop rhythm is through practice. The only you, get, you can it. expect to get better at something is through practice. So when it comes to a relationship with God, right, if we're not, if we're not reading or if we're not slowing down or practicing the art of slowing down, right, yeah. Yeah. We're going to be terrible That's at it. it. But the more you practice, the more time you put in, right? Like in any relationship, right? You can't expect for your relationship to grow with someone if you only talk to them once a week, mm-hmm. right? You, you, there has to be this constant dialogue, this constant desire to, to consistently want to grow closer to that person. That's right. And so, so that, that's where we practice those things. But also I think understanding that it's not, 
it's not gonna it's not easy but it's the most rewarding amen right amen. and there will be times where you will mess up mm -hmm. there will be times where you will have setbacks yeah. right but again when you do mess up you brush yourself off and you keep going yeah yeah and the more you do it the sweeter it becomes yeah. you know and none of us would ever say I know for you, Kev, you would never tell Vanessa, I just want to talk to you once a week. I just want to be with you once a week. No, that'd be terrible. That'd be terrible. <laughs> you, you, you wouldn't have a relationship. Nope. If I said that to my wife, uh, we wouldn't be married. It's like, I'll see you next week. Years. Yeah, that's right. And and to me, it's the same principle. But somehow when it comes to God, it's like we don't think the same right? way. Or we just we just brush that off. And we just be like, ah, God's okay. Like God's there and God's God's going to love me still. But we're missing out on the greatest experience of our lives. Absolutely than to just stop and be with God. And what that will do for your life, for your day, uh, for your world, man, is is takes it, it takes it to another level. And it, I can attest to that, you can attest to that. And that's what we want for yeah. our listeners. That's what we want for you. The premise of this book is this idea that it is impossible to be spiritually mature while remaining emotionally immature. Mm. And how many people who are in the church are emotionally immature yeah. and spiritually immature. So at the end of the day, we've got to focus on a combined beautiful experience where we're working through our spiritual health and our emotional Definitely. health. I don't want to be an immature Christian. No. I want to be mature in the faith and that's where God is taking us to. We are no longer going to be these babies in the faith right there is a progression we should be growing and that's exactly what we yeah. want to do through this time together yeah and and what that actually ends up doing right as as we begin to be more intentional as as our relationship with god deepens our relationships are so our once once our vertical re relationship is 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 in the works right you'll see the difference in your that's horizontal right. relationships right, right? This, and this is why i feel like god has actually he made that model where he's he's supposed to be first, but he also has a church there so we can actually be able to share in relationship and actually talk about like, you know what? We may be struggling. We may be going through the difficulties in life, but we all have God on our side and we can, that's, that's where the support is. You slow down, you deepen your relationship with God. You slowly begin to work on becoming emotionally healthy and as a result, your 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 horizontal relationships with everybody else drastically changes. Amen. That's it, man. I'm excited for this. I really am. Um, this is something that I've gone through. Uh, I've gone through this book. Uh, I've gone through the devotional set that comes along with it. And I'm just super excited to take our church through it. I, I really feel with everything in my bones, that in my heart, that this is going to be such a pivotal moment in the lives of our listeners, of our people who are listening, who come to church here, if they just take time to journey with us through this experience, it's going to be such a powerful, Absolutely. powerful experience. This combination of emotional health and contemplative spirituality, which is often missing mm. within contemporary Christianity, we're gonna bring that back. Yeah. And we're going to practice that together and we're going to watch the power of the Holy Spirit unleash inside us in such a powerful, authentic way 
that we will never be the same. Mm. And that's the journey we're going to take, Kev. Yeah. So I'm excited. You I'm t- excited. All right, cool. Hey, man. we're going to get, man, our, what I pray is like our church, like this, this brings fire, man. Like it, it, it brings an internal fire that just inspires you to keep going. And I can just imagine if, if that happens with one person, right? On, how amazing that is. Imagine our, if our whole church like actually takes part yeah, in this, right? That's right. You have a church that is on fire, on fire. doing the work of God, growing, expanding the gospel. It, it, it's exciting it's to see. It's exciting. And when you have a place that's on fire, we know that people will come from miles and yep. miles away to watch that thing burn. Absolutely. So let's burn to, together at La Mesa. You can always catch us uh, weekly uh, in our worship experience on Saturdays, 11 a.m. Uh, we're actually doing a sermon series on this right now. Um, and we're going to continue to have these meaningful conversations yep. about going deeper with our spiritual and emotional health. Don't forget to like and subscribe to this podcast. Leave Let a review. Know. Leave a review. Let us know what you think. And we're going to be here every single week and we hope that you will join us around the table. Now I think we got to get back to this food. Yeah, we got to finish here. eating. We got so excited, man, that we, <laughs> we we weren't able to finish eating, but have a great one and we'll talk to you a little later. Bye. Bye.